Welcome to I'm the Worst, the podcast where good people confess to bad things. I'm Claire Hooper, and this episode is a very honest chat with one of my favourite comedians, Bron Lewis. We recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Bron's chat had some pretty emotional content in it. So if you've had any difficulties around mental health, childbirth or infant health, take care listening or maybe skip to a different episode. Bron and I began with some clumsy small talk. And have you been well, Claire Hooper? Yeah, I've been fine, thank you. Yeah, why How you kind look of you? like I am, uh, like I with an intervention. You look, look concerned, like you looked at me, and I've always told you not to do that. <laughs> Never in the eyes, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> no, you look defensive, as if I was like I was concerned for you. I'm not concerned for you. Never yeah, it's telling, Claire, isn't it? Part. When somebody, when people ask you how you are, mm. and your immediate thought is, "What have they heard?" Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What have you done? <laughs> I feel like we need to turn the tables today. I've got nothing interesting. You have though, haven't I you? I do. Yeah. I don't know. I have. I, this is. I, I've messaged you a few times about this, and I have said to you, I don't know whether I should do this one, and I haven't told you what it is yet. But you're like, oh, just it's up to you. You can choose. It's literally your decision. No one's forcing you to do anything. But why are you screaming? And I have, I, I even in the car ride here, I've had so much time to prepare. I was like, should I just do something easy? Should I do an adorable primary school one? Should I do that? And then I thought, no, I didn't do anything good in primary school. <laughs> I'm just going to do this one. Um, is there going to be fallout no, from what you're going to tell no, me today? No, there's no fallouts. No fallouts. It's a pretty recent one, though, because um, uh, I did look way back in my past. And there are heaps of things that, aren't like, that I'm not proud of, heaps of things. No one's gone through their life and been like, yes, I've made every right decision. I have been the hero in every story, except my mum. She's got terrible self-awareness. But I <laughs> I have um, – uh, but this one is more recent. Um, I have three children, Claire Hooper. I've got two the same as yours. We just had the same kids. We had the exact same set, two girls, same years. Yes, and our eldest were born hours apart. It was incredible. We were at the same hospital at the same time. We hadn't even met each other yet. We just – we had the same situation going same. on. Same – Hospital, same same week. Same week, same day, almost. When you announced that you were having a third child, everyone else said congratulations mm. and I just felt hurt that you didn't want to be my family twin anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> I like, was about you. I'm sorry, you don't want to be the two girls twins with me anymore? <laughs> yes, the classic two girls twin story. <laughs> yes, I wrote myself out of that story. Yeah, I remember being pregnant and going for a walk with you and I said... Um, I'm not sure if I told you I was pregnant yet, but I remember saying to you, like, did having a baby ruin your, like, or not ruin, did it, did it make your comedy hard? Like, how long did you have to have off? And, and you said, no, not at all. It didn't, it actually gave me more things to talk about or it, mm. it, it didn't impact me. Wow. I really lied to you. Oh, I wow. must have no, known you were pregnant. You must have. Yeah. Um, or yeah, you must have, but you were like, no, no, it's. Like it's hard, but I mean, you can still do it. You went back to work, you know, a number of six weeks later. Yes, but That's I definitely, I de- um, some of the worst gigs I've ever done in my whole life were in the first year mm-hmm. of the new baby. Yeah, but it's obviously some of the worst days you've had in your life. Just regular days, Claire Hooper, because <laughs> the baby ruins 
happier days. They're really hard. They're so hard. Why? But, um, okay, so I have had I had three kids. And so I had the two girls and they had a huge break. And then we decided when the smallest daughter was about five, we were like, well, let's just have, we could just have one more. Let's just, it was COVID. People weren't thinking. Um, and I just said, we, we could just have one more. And then we had, uh, we got pregnant really quickly. Um, and I remember walking um, around Mary Creek when I found out that I'd pregnant, I was pregnant. And I just cried my eyes out because I just knew how hard it was like you don't ever i don't think you ever forget you know like some people you know some some older ladies will be like ah it's my special time in life and you're like you've forgotten i don't know how they can i don't know how they forget that that hard bit because it's i think we're designed to forget but surely you'd forgotten when you went all right we'll just go for one more yeah maybe there was you'd a moment sort of forgotten but then when i'd and then when i was pregnant well, it was actually real i was like oh yeah come on bro this is so hard <laughs> this is going so and also after after i had had um uh olive and edie they're the, the girls i went mad in different ways like with, with olive i just had really really bad um postnatal anxiety where i just moved a lot like i just had go 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 and then with, after edie i had really bad postnatal anxiety where i couldn't leave the house like i was nervous that she was gonna start crying. and edie was perfect she still is and so I was like, I just, I just knew that my brain was gonna really come for me. <laughs> I did, you know what? It was, it's, my brain is so capable of going to bad, bad places. And I was like, where's it gonna take me this time? <laughs> Where? And so I. Where did it take you with the third one? Oh, you just pursued a professional stand-up comedy yes, career. That's correct. that's how it sent you mad this time. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was a terrible idea. No. I. I. Um. I just started comedy, and so I, the reason why I'd asked you, you what. What, what did it do to your career or can you is it is it possible to have a baby and do comedy and you were like yeah it's absolutely possible you're totally fine you acted very nonchalant and i could kill you for that but i was um i was like okay this is this is going to be okay i will make it work and i had my first gig back um in comedy when ari was five weeks old and oh, just trying to beat me. i beat you that's the point of today i'll see you later no i was and i was really new to comedy so i couldn't just like lean on like old stuff i was still i was i remember i got to the gig about two hours early another dig at my material thank you no 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 it's your was so experienced you could you could keep talking about expo 88 forever claire and we'll still love it (laughs) we love it Oh, um, no, no. So I was in the car and I was going over and over and over my material for an hour or I think before I went in or two hours or whatever. And then I did the gig to about 11 people um, and 10 of them I knew. Uh, and then I got back I got back home and then I had to shift gear back to having a, the baby and whatever. Anyway, where did my brain go after after Ari was born, the boy? Um, very, it, I, I had depression and I had not had postnatal depression before. That was a new flavour of postnatal hell for me. And I didn't really know what it was. I had this incredible GP at the time. I'll never forget her. I forgot her name, but I'll never forget her. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, she, uh, I would, went to see her with Ari because he was a particularly tricky baby at the start because his head was so big i joke about his head being huge all the time but it was medically well, so big too big they were i was induced um because they were like if you we let you keep being pregnant it will burst out the front way 
because his <laughs> giant head. So they were like, we just have to. Anyway, so his head was so, so huge. And then he had a bit of a rough start. I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, but I remember going to the doctor for his checkups when he was like, I don't know, six or seven weeks old. And the doctor was like, um, yeah, cool. How are you? I was like, none of your business, Nicole, or whatever her name was. Uh, but I was like, what do you mean? How am I? I did that def- defensive thing that you did at the start of this thing. What do you mean? What have you heard? I'm actually <laughs> doing really well. So when your doctor said, how are you? You're like, what have you heard? Yes. I was like, what do you mean? What? Me? I am fine. My head is fine. It's exactly the right size, Nicole. Look at it. I was really, I didn't understand what she was doing. And so she just kept saying, I just need you to come back um, tomorrow. And I was furious. And every time she was like, I just need you to come because I just need to see, check Ari's head again. I was like, it's not going to grow that much in a day, Nicole. But I'd be like, fine, I'll come back tomorrow. Oh, God, how I hope her name's not really Nicole. <laughs> Oh, yeah, me too, actually. But she was, yeah. <laughs> but she just kept, I'd go back in and then she would, uh, like, very gently ask, see if I was okay in a, whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Traffic was fine. What do you mean? I'm good. Anyway, look at him. And then she would, you know, feign this, uh, this like, medical examination, this dumb newborn, with, but was just keeping, like, an eye on me. And I just was crumbling in the chair being like how long's this gonna go for and then um then eventually she just said look um i know you really don't want po- like any antidepressants i know that you've said you don't want them because i went on them after the girls and then i had really bad withdrawals from them there was one it was like lexapro and it, i had dreadful headache for three weeks and i just i just i had i hated it i hated coming off them um and so I, that was the thought that was in my head. I was like, no, no, it's not worth going on them because I have to eventually come off them. So I'll just push through this crap bit and then I'll be fine and I will not have to have any withdrawals. Not smart. Like it's not smart, but that's just what my tired brain was doing. And then uh, she eventually, she, uh, she said, look, I've done a lot of research on this one and this one won't there's no withdrawals it's really early like it's quick onset and it's quick offset or whatever i don't know if that got those words right but i was like okay oh so i won't have to have withdrawals she was like no and i was like oh fine i'll definitely i'll definitely take them and i had one and obviously didn't kick in straight away because that's not how it works it's not a pinger but i did (laughs) i did feel good straight away so maybe it was a pinger (laughs) i was like it was like i was like oh my god there's an answer I can actually crawl out of this black hole now. And it did help a lot. So your GP was um, getting you to bring the baby back. Yeah. Because she was actually observing you. Yeah. She could have just said you, she could have just said, I need you to come back without the baby. And you could have got an hour without the baby. What a bitch. I know. But I would have been like, why, Nicole? This makes no sense. You can't look at his head from afar. I mean, you probably could. It was huge. What a, yeah, she could have said that. I'm loving it her way. What a great GP. Yeah, she's amazing. So I hope her name is Nicole because shout out to Nicole. She was amazing. Like, she was so good. Uh, and she did, um, I reckon, no, it's not like I was like suicidal or anything, but I was in a really bad place where I was not enjoying, not enjoying anything. Like I, my, my, uh, I guess my only time where I would feel a little bit um, disconnected from the mess was when I'd be at comedy and, I, and this was an early stage of my comedy career where I was doing like 
free open micers and like is that uh, 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 not doing if that's the best hour of your life can you imagine something wrong that's right that's Um, not a good bit no, no, that should be the worst bit of your week Absolutely. over my comedy. But I was like, and oh. that goes for the audience too. <laughs> exactly. No one goes. No one tends them. Um, it's only because I know how much you hate talking about feelings that I'd like yeah. to dig a little deeper. Great. So I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to go record Wade's podcast. No one's turned up. That's right. No one's turned up to Great. Wade's. You can go I'm do shit with the door open. <laughs> do you... <laughs> I ha- how do you know it wasn't just that you were really, really tired? Like you, so everything was grey. Nothing made you happy. Cause, nothing. Because babies make you really tired, and I don't know. Mm. I still don't know if I had postnatal depression. Yeah. I was really miserable, but mm. so you would be if you were yeah. never ever sleeping. Yeah. I guess it's that. Yeah. It is. I think everyone struggles, and I think you're supposed to be happy the whole time. Um, uh, but I, I, and I didn't know I had postnatal anxiety with Olive, but like if I just have a moment, look back at my behavior, I just walked all day, every day, walked and walked and walked. Like, that's crazy. No one does that. With, no one. No. With my second, I started playing Pokemon Go quite, <laughs> quite obsessively. And now I yeah. think back, I'm like, why didn't my GP catch that? Because <laughs> you've got to catch them all. Because <laughs> <laughs> You gotta get it out. So, what did I regret? Okay, so the thing, the thing, the thing that makes me the worst, Claire. The thing that makes me the worst, and the thing that I, um, I guess, like with all of that context that I've given you, this probably the next bits will make a bit more sense. Um, I, I, I regret this. I regret it, and I will regret it forever. And I understand it, so I'm, I, I'm not being nasty to myself and I'm not hoping that you will come to fix me or be make me try and make me feel better about this um I've processed it I guess I don't know but um I regretted having my son isn't that horrible like that is that's actually got goosebumps just saying that it's a horrible um because it was so hard oh and then um but I obviously I like now I don't but there were times and it wasn't just a one moment thing and it wasn't all of the time but I have had I didn't have I don't remember having it with the girls um but with Ari I think it's because uh there'd been such a big gap between the second and the third I just knew how easy life could be without a baby and then I had him and I no one really around me was having babies and there was no like mother's group or anything that I was going to. And then um, I'd look at other people's lives, like your life, for example, Hoops, and you had what, what we did have those like twinning two kids and then they went to school. And then it was like, okay, and so I'd look at your life and I'd be like, oh, my God, Claire's not getting up to a baby 50 times. And Claire's able to, like, go to gigs and not have, like, her boobs leak on stage. Claire's not living in Brisbane. Claire's not, no, yeah. It's probably the crux of this. Yeah, but also you were in Brisbane, so you didn't see the misery of my... That's right. Lockdown. Um, I was mm. locked down in a house that smells funny and I can't do anything about that smell (laughs) because it comes from the roof, okay? (laughs) Uh, so I think I, I, I and I, I've, I said it out loud once to Lucas. And he, when mm. did you realise 
you were regretting it and yeah. when did you tell Lucas? Yeah. Um, I So when Ari was born, um, he uh, when he was three days old, he st- he just stopped waking up. Like he just was asleep at three weeks and we could not wake him up. We ended up being at hospital. It was the most stressful time of my entire life. Oh, my God. Even – like way worse than open mics, if you could believe it. He um he just did not wake up, and we went to the hospital. And we were in hospital for a whole week where they, the doctors, could not work out why he wasn't waking up. It was hell, and I hate sympathy, so I was like not telling anyone. So I was saying to Lucas, like, you can tell your family, and you can tell my family, but I am not talking to them. Like if they, because I knew that it would be that like you know that tilted head and the. You know, oh, are you all right? Oh God! And I, and I had no, no one had any answers as to why Ari wasn't waking up. So I just was terrified the entire time. Yeah, and it was three days after having babies. Like, like you know, my fudge is still hurt. Like everything was a bit like, oh, and my brain was all out of whack. There's hormones everywhere. The baby wasn't waking up. To though to then have to deal with someone else's feelings, it was just absolutely unfathomable. So I just said to Lucas, "You just deal with that stuff." And he was incredible when Ari was born, and then he went to sleep for a week. Uh, in that week, which was the longest week I've ever experienced in my life, like it just the days went forever, the nights went forever. I did not sleep very much because I was just watching this like baby who just wouldn't wake up. Anyway, now I, he's how he's. He wouldn't wake up. Yeah. So he's got his eyes closed. Yeah. For a full week. For a full week. They, he had to be fed in a tube through his nose and they were just trying to work out why he wasn't waking up. Because everything, like, like all of his, all of his like, uh, um, what are they called? Vitals. Vitals were fine. They were like, well, you know, his heart. And then they did all the tests on his brain and stuff. And they were like, well, I think, and then they were, they were like, we think. It could be his brain. We don't know. And when you've got a t- – so they – one doctor said to me very uh, – she was very nonchalant. She just said, look, we think it's his brain. And then she walked out and, like, clocked off for the day and then disappeared and left me in this silent room with this silent baby and me being like, oh, no. I've wished for a baby that I was not sure about at the start anyway. And then this baby's come and he's broken and I have ruined everyone's life. Like I was like, the girls aren't going to have a great life. Lucas is probably going to have a really hard life. I'm going to have a really hard life. You know, um, and I don't know what kind of life this baby's going to have if he's if he's unwell. I don't know. And so I I in that hospital is when I said to Lucas, I don't want to do this. So I say the word broken. I don't. I don't like if anyone who's listening that has upset you. I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but that was what my brain was processing at the time. And these was the the language that my brain was giving me. Um, uh, so I was looking at this baby, and I was thinking, I don't. I don't want the life of that 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 this that is possibly going to happen. So I regretted him then, and so I told Lucas. I said, I don't want to do this, and he said. Did you say, I don't want to do this? Yeah. Or did you say, I regret having this baby? I've, in my brain, that was the same thing. So I just, I said, I, don't, I remember we were sitting at the, in the cafeteria with, and he, Ari was off getting like a lumbar puncture. And I said, and the d- doctors said, you don't want to be here for that. And we were like, oh, why? And they're like, it's so painful for them. You just, you, no parent should have to watch that. Anyway, apparently he didn't even really wake up for it. So 
but it's probably even worse <laughs> to watch that. You know, someone's poking his little spine and him being like, yeah, that's fine. Um, I said to Luke, I don't, I don't want to do this. And he said, I do. I will, I will do this. And I was like, okay, for you. Because I did feel like as a mother, like this was partly my fault. I don't know what I'd done wrong. And two, I was like, this is now my, all of my responsibility. And it wasn't. He was like, no, no, I will do this. Whatever, whatever cards are given to us, this is, I'll, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Okay, fine. We can do this. Was that genuinely re- a relief or would you have... Were you waiting for him to say, I also regret making this decision? Hmm. I think, yeah, I think I was kind of saying the worst thing my brain was thinking in order to give him permission to say something equally as fucked. Um, But he didn't. He really took it. He was like ready to do all of it. He was like, yeah, great. I was like, what if he can't ever walk or talk and he was like then we'll get a ramp and we'll work out how to communicate with him he'll be fine we'll be fine he was like Bron we can do this we can we can do it and I was like oh my god he's the best man in the world and um also I he's right we can I was like okay all right fine I just want to know what it is then I just wanted to know but you don't we didn't was like not only was there the week of him being asleep but it was then like the afterwards, it was, you have a newborn, like there, he was awake, sure, but we didn't know if he was okay. Like, you know, like we didn't know if he was disabled. We didn't know if he was ever going to walk. They And the doctors couldn't provide any answers because they were like, we don't know why he's asleep. And then when he woke up, they were like, oh, he's awake. You could probably go home now. And we said, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, what, what was it? And they were like, we don't know. <laughs> I was like, What? So we still don't know why he was asleep for an entire week. But um, he was. And in that week, I had to face probably um, the most terrifying thoughts that I didn't. I, you just think you just think that you are going to be one of those people who goes, oh, God, OK, yeah. All right. Is a disability on the cards? I will handle it. But in that time, I didn't. I was like, I don't want this if he's going to be disabled and now I know I would and I do like I would have if he did like he isn't as far as we can see he's now two and a half he's not got a disability as far as we can see it's this like giant headed lovely baby boy um but I do know that we would have been okay now but in that time it was like like probably the most vulnerable I've ever been is um I didn't know and I was scared of what my brain was thinking. Not that I would hurt him, but it was a scared my brain was like, no, <laughs> no thank you, which is cr- just sad. You would have been fine because families are fine. Yeah. But they do have to have a really different life. Yeah, they if do. You, if you have a child that has really specific needs, mm. then it is a disruption to your life and you have to plot a life around what that child needs so Mm -hmm. yeah it would have made a really big impact on your life yeah it would have and then since but that uh, uh, like uh, i don't regret having him there's not a single bit of me that regrets having him but i think 
my I punish myself for God. I told you this is serious. I'm so sorry, but I t- I I do punish myself for that that moment in that cafeteria. I, like I, when he's hard, my brain will go back. Like if he, you know he's having a bad day. Like for example, sometimes he he will wake up in the from his nap and he'll be furious that he's woken up from his nap, which is what two year olds do. And he'll be annoyed. And he like you've been there when he's like that. And he's just like he doesn't want a biscuit. And he doesn't want this. And he doesn't want me to hold him. But he doesn't want to be on the ground. He's just a normal two year old unreasonable tantrum that you just have to ride through with them and then at the end they're like oh actually i'm okay (laughs) but in those moments i and i've only just worked this out like as i'm saying this to you is when he's really hard i will take myself back to that moment when i didn't think we made the right decision to have him and i go see you do regret it and i don't but my brain is punishing me for that moment in the cafeteria where i said to lucas I don't want to do this. Isn't that what a cruel thing your brain can do to remind you of the time that you were the worst yeah. and say, see, you were, you are the worst. <laughs> and what about mm. if you'd had that thought in the cafeteria and you'd never spoken it out loud to Lucas? Yeah. Would that have been better? Can you just give yourself some credit for having the courage to say it out loud? to the other parent involved in that journey yeah I don't I don't know I think I would have known I think I would have known that I thought it because it was very loud it was so loud that I had to actually vomit it out and that Lucas's direction um and I thought that he was going to say the same thing I because I was like this is so terrifying we've done the wrong thing here and he was like no no it is terrifying but we'll it's going to be fine I was like oh okay yeah great but I will forever feel horrible about that moment that I will work out a way to remind myself um, you thought this once about your lovely son, <laughs> which is the worst. I don't feel like that now, but I think that we really we can be so hard on ourselves. It's really sad for you because it's taken <laughs> away that lovely right that every parent has to when their two and a half year old is being a brat just loudly regret it just for the fun of saying out loud yeah. I should never have had you yeah. like that's a real joy to say yeah. and this is <laughs> this core experience has taken away your right to, to do that. that yeah Innocent, it's a bit too yeah to it, innocently tell mm. them that they were a mistake yes <laughs> yeah yeah and I have a joke in it in my uh in the the my last show where I say um it's it's so silly. I say no. Uh, I said uh, uh, that I've mentioned to someone. Yes, he was a mistake. No one should have three kids, and everyone laughs about it. And I get away from that joke really quickly, and it looks quite strategic. Like as if like I haven't you know you know and someone just drops a joke and keeps running, and it's quite thrilling. But I get away. From, I reckon I get away from that joke so fast because I'm, my my brain goes, "See, you are the worst." <laughs> Maybe I am. What are you gonna do? Like, do you think you regretted it in that moment because it, because it made you feel foolish for believing that you could have three healthy kids in a row? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I felt I, I felt foolish for thinking that I wouldn't be one of those people who got dealt a hard card. I was like, oh, no, the hardest part about this was supposed to be me trying to balance comedy and having a newborn. It wasn't. Like comedy, like 
obviously comedy didn't come into my brain at all during that time ever but I was like this isn't supposed to be the hard bit (laughs) and this is now this outweighs every like anything that I could ever even possibly contemplate it was in like it was in this and then when he as I reckon that was also why depressed like why I was ignored my postnatal depression or didn't acknowledge it or whatever I did in that time is because I was like no no none of this is about me because I made it about me in the cafeteria and I don't I don't deserve to have any of this about me so can we just keep checking on him because he's a lovely little baby that I don't regret having so I do reckon um probably I've put I've made some unhealthy decisions for my own self because of that we do we just punish ourselves a lot even when we don't realize we're doing it like you nearly had you had the prospect of a really difficult journey with Ari you had that laid in front of you and then just swept away with it we don't know what it was but you can go home now so yeah now you've now you're feeling the grind of having a newborn and you're like yeah but this is the good outcome I can't complain about a good outcome absolutely it's kind of like when women have um, or, or when parents have struggled really hard to conceive and then they uh, and then um, the woman has a, a really hard pregnancy and they vomit the whole time and they don't feel like they're allowed to be like, this is horrible because they fought for it. Or if they have a newborn, they're not allowed to complain about having this newborn because they fought so hard for it. It's like, oh, I don't know when we get, where who makes those rules? But there needs to be like some kind of, you need to be allowed to complain about something, even if you're the most fortunate you've ever been. You still are allowed to be like, actually, <laughs> I'd like to sleep one time. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, this feels like um, this feels like the greatest gift you could give it a baby shower. This is just grabbing the person, yeah. putting your hands either side of their cheeks and going, do not deprive yourself <laughs> of your right to complain. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think um, I have, I yeah, I think I talked quite, I complained a lot about the girls when they were little, when they were really little and really hard because like you had them so close together. Um, and, uh, I remember thinking it was just funny to complain about it, but then, um, you know, just because, oh God, the kids, oh God, and this and blah, blah, blah. Cause just trying to make light of it. And, um, and you didn't like, and then I heard one lady at the staff room, this was when I was a teacher, this one lady say, there was a new, there was like a student teacher there and she was listening to one of my stories, uh, which obviously I was just, you know, des- obviously desperate to get out teaching and start comedy. So I was just trying to make people laugh in the staff room, but uh, very healthy. And um, she and this uh, lady turned to the student teacher and said, that's Bron. She hates her husband and kids. Like that was like, that was how she just, that was her description of me. I was like, oh my God, I don't actually, it's just silly. Like I'm being silly. I don't actually hate them. But it really hurt my feelings because I was like, oh, my God, is that what people think of me just because I'm whinging about something that I, I'm not really – I'm joking. Like, I'm joking, guys. Come on. But anyway. If you really hated your husband and kids, you wouldn't tell funny stories about right. how annoying they are. That's right. It's re- it, is it, 
how much when we do that on stage are people in the audience going oh no that woman needs to make some changes yes do you know like are we because i do the same on stage i just love to be vicious about how annoying my home life is because mm. no one but surely everyone knows and Maybe they don't, but surely no. everyone knows that it comes from a place of deep love and it's like yeah. a fun little vent. Mm. And also there's nothing funny about saying, my kids are adorable. Nothing. Boom, get nothing. off the stage. Exactly, because my kid has a huge head and I want to hear that your kid's got something huge too. An attitude, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Diarrhea, maybe. <laughs> <sighs> so I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I knew that this was uh, like I, t- I said it was, it was a risk to say something so serious. Um, but I think I've come. He's two and a half now, and I've come around. I've come around, and I'm and I, I did uh, some of the things I've said talked about now. I've only just I've only just realized as I'm saying them, like the fact that I ran away from that joke when I say that no one should have three kids. The and fact that you're still punishing yourself for yeah. having the thought. Most people tell a story about something bad they did and you can really clearly see the choice they made mm. and the choice they regretted. For you, I don't feel like you made a choice. Like you did a bad thing, but that that was an inevitable thought to come to you in that moment. Is there a way that you think that could have gone differently? Is there anything you could have said to yourself like the week before the baby came so that you were ready for anything that came and you wouldn't have regretted him? Do you- yeah, I don't know. There, that's a good that's a good point. I don't know. I think because th- throughout the pregnancy, it was treated as a high-risk pregnancy because his head was so huge. So I – and Lucas is a real worrier and I'm not. Like I don't – I just do not subscribe. So he, he – uh, he was like what do you mean they're saying his head's too big what does that mean like what is that and I was like I don't know it's fine some babies have huge heads and there were some lovely like sonographers who would say things like they're just being they're just being overcautious like this my kids had big heads don't worry about it and and I love those ladies and I really respond really well to that because that's the kind of they're the women that brought raised me is that like everything's fine just get on with it just focus on the good things everything's okay but then when I'd have like a I'd have a doctor who would kind of be like, well, it could be nothing, but it very well could be something. I'd be like, no, why are you doing that? I don't need. So I fought tooth and nail to focus on the good things throughout the whole, throughout that pregnancy. And any time they had a concern, I was the one saying to the midwife or the doctor or whatever, he's fine. We just need to get him out and he's going to be fine. He's going to be okay. And then said that to Lucas. And then when he came out and then he wasn't fine, I was, I felt stupid that I'd I was like oh they warned me about this and I refused to acknowledge it because I have healthy babies I don't have sick babies I have healthy ones a hundred percent strike rate healthy baby lady this doesn't make sense and so I I uh, I, can't, I was a bit annoyed at mm, the way that I'd processed that pregnancy even though there'd been quite a few red flags and I didn't look at any of them. Not that I could do, have done anything There's different. There's nothing you could have yeah. done about it. But, of course, you got Lucas who's preparing himself yeah. for the worst at all moments. So yeah. no wonder when the worst comes, he's like, I am prepared for He this. was so prepared. Whereas you've so, like, you've allowed yourself this an ego move of branding yourself as the woman with babies that are healthy. You've, like, identified as that person. Of mm. course you're going to feel foolish and angry at yourself. Mm. 
of course you're gonna feel foolish yeah because usually <clears throat> excuse me usually my avoidance works in my favor <laughs> okay no so like my avoidance is really it's like one, one of my favorite skills <laughs> what, are, what are your favorite of your personal character traits correct is my ability to avoid anything hard okay so when something is so hard and it's unavoidable or it's unavoidable yeah i i i i'm, I'm like no no <laughs> my special skill of getting out of this can't is you you've trapped me <laughs> and i don't want to do it so i reckon i'm i'm a much better place now and if i was if i was still if i was still feeling absolutely horrible about that moment or if i was in fact still regretting it which i absolutely do not i feel like i need to make that really clear if people are worried about him or if people are worried about lucas hearing this or ari hearing this um one ari doesn't speak english uh uh he's getting there which is really <laughs> nice um but um lucas he he's, he was here throughout this whole thing um he was there when i said that i think he uh he's we we're, we're all fine no one who's going to hear this is going to in my life is going to be um shocked or uh, upset with me but um, if you if you were worried about me, listener, dear listener, please don't. We are, we are actually we've processed it as much as we can, and we love little big fat Ari a lot. Yeah, I can vouch. Ron's doing fine, everyone. I have noticed though, you're so much more affectionate about him in your comedy than you are about the girls. You feel safe to like tease Olive about being a mole. Yeah, but when it comes to Ari, it's like, and he does this cute little wave. Yeah, yeah, and I he and he yells "puda" in the story. Like yeah. it's, yeah, it's actually, it's actually kind of sweet. How lovely you are about him on stage, and oh. it's a real disappointment to find out that that just all stems from a terrible thought you yeah. had once. I think I'm also just thrilled to love him as much as I do. You know, because I think because my brain went to such a, you know, when you have a nasty thought and you surprise yourself with that nasty thought, you, uh, that surprise makes you then go, if I can think that, what else is this brain capable of thinking? Like I thought that I was going to be this kind of mother and I was actually this kind of mother. And what kind of mother am I going to be when they're this age or what kind of partner am I going to be if this happens you know like you if you if you still have the ability to shock yourself with how awful uh you can be um then that is scary (laughs) and I think that moment made me worried that I was going to be kind of a really flaky parent when anything was hard you know but I'm not it just your brain is irrational um when you're three days postpartum and um, when your baby's not waking up, uh, but you're also irrational when you are trying to forgive yourself for something that you uh, were shocked you did. Do you reckon? I think I think anyone that knows you knows you got a really big heart, <laughs> and I think the only person that won't be surprised to hear this story is that woman from the high school staff room. <laughs> Who knew you hated your family all along? Oh, she will be very surprised. <laughs> She's probably called child services so many times on me. <laughs> oh, God. 
If that chat has brought up a lot for you, please reach out to a friend or your GP. Shout out to all the good GPs or give Lifeline a call 13 11 14. Bron Lewis puts on a great live show and she goes all around Australia. So follow her on her socials and make sure you catch a show when she's in your town. If this is your first time listening and you're ready to listen to another, I know one of Bron's favourites was the chat with Sammy J from a few weeks ago. So why don't you check out that one? Next week, Mr. Congeniality swings a punch. <laughs>